Welcome to Spooky Psychology with Megan and Lauren. Hello, everyone, and welcome back once again to Spooky Psychology with Megan and Lauren. I am Megan. I am Lauren. And here we are. Thank you, all of our lovely fans, for your patience while we took a self-care break. Yes. Thank you for being patient with me. I try to practice what I preach, so here we are. Every once in a while we do that thing where we do the shit we tell our clients Mm -hmm. to do, and we're like, damn it, it does work. Okay. Brilliant. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Way to go, me. I should actually take a break when I need to. Yes. Oh, boy. So, um, yeah, so today we're going to talk to you guys about some questions that you had about us as individuals and clinicians so we're excited to dish about that yeah and we're also just gonna talk a bit about our first year of podcasting yeah we are officially where we've been out for a whole year Mm -hmm. thanks all of our fans and uh yeah we've it's been it's been a journey yep Yep, it's been it's been fun and interesting. I'm still convinced nobody listens, but apparently people do. I mean, the stats are are in people. The stats are in. You guys do listen, and also just I keep finding out that people that I know listen who just have never mentioned to me that they listened before, yeah. and then it's like, oh, interesting, cool, glad glad you're here, thanks. And then just finding out in different countries. We're getting really good ratings, like Bolivia. I think we're in their like top, like true crime, like above my favorite murder, which is insane. <laughs> like, above my favorite murder in Bolivia. So what up, Karen in Georgia? We're coming for we're you. Coming in hot. We are sneaking up with little to no desire to uh, do any of the live shows that you do. Not, not at that all. we don't want to do live shows, but international tours are not our style. No. We have very little no. spoons. We got to do with what we can. We're, uh, well, we would happily, I think, do virtual international live shows from cool. our own homes. That is about all you're going to get out of us. Uh, maybe one day when we can travel, we'll go somewhere fun. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe somewhere warm. That would be cool. Maybe. Maybe one day there will be a single international live show, but no hope for us touring, guys. We love you, but we have no energy as people, so <laughs> we would need to. If this I don't was know. our full time gig, though, like I'm sure, oh yeah, we would make it work. But this is not. We both have multiple I, jobs. I just don't see it happening for us. I think. I mean, I think we're great. I don't think this is ever going to get so big that we no longer need to work regular jobs. Yeah. I just don't think that's a reasonable. It's not a reasonable goal. Uh, it's not a smart goal that's not necessarily achievable. Smart is a specific, measurable, achievable, something, something. Yeah. I don't what I don't know what the R and T. I can't remember either. It's a therapy note thing that yes. we have to do. <laughs> but but alas, here we are. Um, we did want to give some shout outs to some new patrons. Um, this month we have four. Um, so, first one is Matt Raven Enigma. Um, Hello, Matt. Thank you for supporting Hello. us. Um, he had some recommendations about 
um, a book about schizophrenia that we can check out, which will be sweet. Mm -hmm. So we're excited about that. Um, the next one is Spencer Adams. Thank you, Spencer, for being a patron. Thank you. The next one is Holly Amanda. She's a new patron as well. Thank you, Holly, for supporting us. And my cousin Julian, he moved up to a $2 a month. So thank you, Julian. <laughs> Thanks, Julian. Julian Look at Oliver. you bringing in that that family money exactly i like i like that we each have one family member patron i believe my sister is still a patron unless she's stopped that which would make her son's birthday party tomorrow very awkward <laughs> before i attend can you tell me if you are a patron of mine? <laughs> <laughs> just be like um you have refrained from giving me a dollar a month therefore no no obviously i would still go yes i'm not a monster people <laughs> Yes. So thank you guys. That was really sweet. And, you know, it's very encouraging, especially during times where we are taking breaks that, you know, you guys are still listening, still um, talking to us, still becoming patrons and supporting us that way. We love it. It's great. We we do. So anyways, yeah, it's so encouraging. And I don't know how this happens, but every time we take a break, you guys just like start listening more and more people join patron when we're not uploading yeah. anything. <laughs> I don't understand this phenomena. Um, are you guys panicked? Is that what's happening? <laughs> are you so afraid that we're going to stop this that you're giving us your hard-earned dollars? I'm not going to lie. Pretty effective, effective way to keep it going. Yeah. Yes. So very interesting. Yeah. We, will, so, we will continue this research further. We'll continue this research and probably periodically take breaks obviously because we both work multiple jobs yeah. on top of this podcast breaks are necessary mm -hmm. i will say sometimes. um miss megan came into my class last week and that was so exciting yeah that was so fun and she talked about forensic interviewing and my students loved her and it was wonderful it was really good and i almost i was because like what we were talking about with the start of forensic interviewing, I cover more in depth in an episode, and I was like, I don't know if I should plug the podcast, because I don't know if we're telling your students that you have a podcast. I don't know. I feel weird bringing it up. <laughs> like, like, I would feel weird about yeah. it, because I don't, I mean, they're more than welcome to listen if they find it on their own, or come up with it later, but I feel like it'd be very weird. I know. Maybe, maybe at the end of class they'll tell me if you are lauren student and also listen to the podcast let us know, let us know. market research we're just curious, we're curious. really um, yeah it was so fun though i love talking about forensic interviewing yeah. um so it's a good topic i do miss it but i'm also glad i'm not doing it right now mm -hmm. so you know mixed emotions mixed for sure emotions. But it's nice to talk about but i think it was good you were honest with them about that and like the burnout rate because i you know, it's just better preparing them if they decide to go down that route. Yeah, definitely. So that was cool. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we have some questions that people were curious about. Um, mm -hmm. Did you want to go first or do you want me to pull up one of the ones I have? So 
I can go first in the question that made me laugh the hardest from our real-life friend Ashley, who wanted to know how we got to be so fabulous. Well, Thank Ashley. You. Ta- <laughs> well, Ashley, I'm taking that more as a compliment than a, than a literal question. Um... But thank you. But thank you. Very kind. Thanks for thinking we're fabulous. That just made me laugh. I was like, girl, it's because of friends like you. Yes. We love Ashley. We do. She's great. Good. Good person. Hi, Ashley. Hi, Ashley, if you're listening. Thanks for listening. And then a a kind of a more, more specific question Mm -hmm. uh, from a Instagram follower of mine, Zoe stall cop or some underscores oh, after that the hand motion uh, because there's no nah, there's like just some underscores after that it's all one word than under instagram handles people are great i don't even know if we should be putting instagram handles of people who I are doing this like but whatever we good like yeah it. zoe sorry everyone uh so zoe said I really want to get more into psychology, specifically criminology, but I don't really know what or how to get into it. Do you have any advice on, like, how to start learning more about psychology while still in high school? Mm. Um, I think the most interesting part of that was realizing that high schoolers listen to this, uh, which is is okay. I think I'd be much more worried if it was, like, middle middle schoolers. I'm in elementary school. Um, I think high school is, it, is appropriate. It feels You're appropriate, old. yeah. I mean, I think compared to a lot of... We're more wholesome than TikTok. That's all I'm saying. That's, I'm calling it out there. It's a so. hot take, Megan. It's a hot take. <laughs> I hate TikTok. That's just a personal I note. I hate TikTok as well. I don't get it. <laughs> I, I refuse to use it. I hate it so much. But... Uh, you know, number one, props to you for being interested in this so early. Yeah. I wanted to go into the field at 14, so I, too, kind of branched into this in high school. Obviously, take a psychology class if you can in high school. That's a good place to start. Um, but, I mean, I think one of the best things you can do is just, number one, read. Mm-hmm. Read a lot, right, if you like reading audiobooks if you don't like reading right but you can really explore quite a bit that way mm-hmm. um just make sure that less pop psych and more actual psychology there's a lot of pop psych stuff that is not necessarily helpful it's entertaining it's just not necessarily if you really want to read into the field um but i think like watching documentaries especially criminology yep. like watching all of those things and reading books we can try to come up with some recommendations maybe sure we can pop up of books that we personally like Mm -hmm. that are interesting um and i think like just doing what you can to learn about it there aren't like a lot of good formal options in high school other than usually psych 101 or ap psych Mm -hmm. usually are the two options but i think that yeah reading watching stuff documentaries listening to high quality podcasts such as ours that have good accurate ish information yep yeah absolutely i totally agree with what megan said i think reading helps um in terms of books i would recommend i mean one of my favorite psychology books ever is uh the body keeps the score by bessel van der kolk Mm -hmm. um that's a great one um 
you know, it's, it's a little bit of a heavier read, um, but it's really interesting stuff. And it's something I wish I would have read earlier on in my mm. life. Um, so that's one I would definitely suggest. Um, like Megan said, documentaries. There's so many different documentaries out there right now, which is really helpful if you're interested in psychology. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's so many. There's like there's... cult ones. Like it breaks down the Ooh, psychology yeah. of that, which is cool. Like, and there's even, um, you know, depending on the specific areas you want to get into. Um, if you're near a half-priced books, their psychology sections are pretty great. Mm-hmm. I honestly buy most of my books from there. Um, lots of therapy books. I have huge stacks of them. Um, I'm trying to think of specific titles right now, um, but I've even found like Freudian case study copies there. I found some really good stuff. In addition, right now, um, if you go to even looking at other podcasts Mm -hmm. like i know the american psychological association has a podcast Mm -hmm. where they just do updated research when i'm looking at our podcast in the charts on social sciences i'm finding there's a decent amount of universities who actually are just posting lectures right now Mm -hmm. so literally posting like psych 101 lectures as podcasts and so you can kind of explore it that way too um and i think like there's so many good ways to go and you know even ted talks just look up psychology ted talks from actual therapists um psychology today articles Mm -hmm. everybody who writes them are licensed and they're really interesting for like good not too heavy but just good introductions on topics that you're interested in right and they do like little like recaps of like the research that's out there just because you know research articles can be a little bit wordy sometimes um so (laughs) sometimes all the time (laughs) Uh, so that's another good place to start um if you are on instagram and you like looking at instagrams of like other like psychologists or therapists and stuff like that um the holistic psychologist is a favorite one of mine i'm just looking at other people i look at yeah let me Look at who I got. This was an Insta question, so they are they on? Oh, they are on Instagram. Up there. They are on Instagram. Um, uh, I really like the Advanced Bitch, or Advanced Bitches. She's great. Adv- advanced Bitches. Okay. Cool. Um, like, I really like the ones that put together, like, good, like, infographics of stuff. Oh, there's um, Millie Gomez. It's Latib. Latibule Counseling, so it's L-A-T-I-B-U-L-E Counseling. Um, she has great infographics. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I mean, really, if we're looking at, um, I mean, honestly, you already followed me on Instagram. I follow a ton of other therapists, so you could just look through who yeah, I follow. Same. Ther- therapy for Women. Um, they post a lot of a lot of hot takes. Mm-hmm. A lot of hot takes on their uh, post. Laura Welsh, um, LMHC, does post a lot of graphics on different things as well and some book recommendations. I think, like, looking up a lot of therapists, it, you know, depending, we all have different interests, we all have different specialties, but, you know, you can definitely go through and, you know, look that way. And I think if it's something that you're interested in, if you want to learn more about 
what people's actual jobs are and all of these different things. Something that you can do if you're interested is you can always like reach out to people on, you know, psychology today who have jobs that you would be interested in one Mm -hmm. day and you can always ask them questions they may or may not get back to you but I think a lot of people in the field are happy to like field a few questions about like oh where'd you go to school and like Mm -hmm. what advice do you have for somebody who wants to do this I think talking to people who are in the fields can be it can just be so helpful in terms of figuring out how to start that's what I did. I reached out to three different people um, that looked like they were doing something similar to what I was thinking of doing. Um, and it helped me kind of, especially like make a decision when it came to um, like the different types of licensure you can get, like social work, LMFT, LCPC, psychologist. Mm-hmm. It helped me kind of define like the differences between them. Um, right. So that's good advice. Oh, another podcast I really like is. Um, Gosh, what he changed the name of it. Okay, Stuck Not Broken by Justin hmm. Sinceri. So he talks about um, polyvagal theory. So it used to be called the Polyvagal Podcast. Um, mm. It's really interesting, really important stuff. I would definitely recommend that too. I'm going to have to look into that because I am just starting to learn about polyvagal theory oh, more so specifically. Cool. I know. I'm getting into it. Um, and like what Lauren said, I mean, even when I was in undergrad trying to figure my life out, like I met with um, somebody at our career center and had like a two hour meeting about all of the different things in therapy. I wanted to get a PhD in clinical psych. I decided not to. Um, no shade to people who have nope. gotten it. I just spent a lot of time with students in the PhD clinical psych program and they didn't seem happy. Yeah. And I didn't want to do that intense and that long of a program at a time because I just knew I wanted to be a therapist and that's more geared towards research. I didn't really want to do research so that didn't make sense for me personally and so I did that and then when I wanted to switch from agency work to private practice I actually texted Lauren and asked her if she would have breakfast with me and explain how private practice works, which she did, and she was great. And now we work together and have a podcast. So. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. Where did we have breakfast? We had breakfast at Alexander's. Oh, that's right. Now I remember. And it was delicious, that was if good. I recall correctly. I think I just remember drinking a ton of like iced coffee and being like really excited. <laughs> like, yes. We did we drank a very heroic amount of coffee um and we had already been friends for years at that point yeah. but she's like helped me get my career on track come aboard yes so, so don't be afraid yeah. to ask people questions a lot of us innately are helpers and we want to help you and mm-hmm. and i mean really like if you you know, email, especially looking into criminology, like if you have a local community college that has a criminology professor, you can always email them and ask them stuff about it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, really, worst case scenario is they just don't respond, which is really not that bad. It's a very low stakes endeavor. Like they might ignore your email if they're busy, but that's kind of the worst that can happen mm-hmm. there. Either you get your questions answered or an email gets ignored. So it can be great and i know um you know sometimes you change your mind and that's okay but i think it's great to just talk to people who are doing things that you would want to do and that's the best way to learn 
Absolutely. what the field is really like is by talking to people who are in it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that was a great question. Great question. Okay. Thank you. Here, I'll pull up another one. Um, so, Bethany asked more of a personal question, but how do you quiet the imposter syndrome voice as a learner? Sincerely, a first-year clinical psychology PhD student who is terrified, excited for placement. Also, have you gotten around the article paywall yet? Oh, yes. Yes, we figured out a way. Thank you, everyone, Thank you. for offering to get us around article paywalls. Y'all are the best. The best. You are great. Um, <laughs> imposter syndrome. Here's the thing. Whew. You don't. <laughs> you don't. You never do. Um, nope. And here's the thing, here's my theory, at least about it, is unless you are a narcissist, it's good to have a little bit of imposter syndrome. Because if you feel like you know everything, there's honestly a problem. Right. Absolutely. And I think there are, and Lauren, I think you can relate to this too, like, there are definitely days where I have sessions that are powerful and breakthroughs are made and it's like, yeah, I'm an amazing therapist. Mm -hmm. And then there are days when I'm like, I am the worst. Why am I, who let me do this? Right, <laughs> like, like, I don't know how I'm helping. I'm making it worse. Like, you know. Right, and I, I think the thing is, you know, so what I personally do, and this is something that I like to do, number one, I am a, a CBT therapist by training which is not that novel pretty much any therapist can do cbt no offense to cbt it's kind of basic um but i find it personally helpful with imposter syndrome um so i will do i will occasionally do some thought logs Aww. on that imposter syndrome thought i have a thought log app on my phone because um I'm getting very into therapy apps because cool. I find that particularly younger clients are so much more likely to do something if you give it to them in app form than if True. you try to get them to write something down. So I'll even use it too, right? Because imposter syndrome, you can't know everything, but it's also kind of an illogical thought that you're not qualified. Right. Like, obviously, you passed a licensure exam at the point that we're at you got into your PhD program, like you're doing all of this, like you're qualified, but that doesn't mean you know everything. And so sometimes using some of the strategies you use on clients, they work, they help. That's why we do them with other people. Um, but also I, I have a lot of trainings and articles. And so sometimes if I'm really at the point where I'm like, I need to learn more about this, I just commit myself to actually learning more about this if it's like oh a client asked me this question i have no idea what to do with them i'll just tell them that's a really good question and i'm gonna do research and see what i can find out ask other therapists who might know more than me on that topic and your clients and just, will appreciate that you're putting in that effort they're not gonna be like oh mm -hmm. you don't know this like i mean there's yeah. lots of things that i don't know or are really not in my wheelhouse but i'm willing to learn right and i think just reminding yourself like you're a therapist, you're qualified, but just like any job you could possibly have. And imposter syndrome is not just for therapists. Mm. I don't think I know any adult who has never had imposter syndrome unless they were narcissistic. Exactly. Um, like, like personality disorder level narcissists. They think they're great at their jobs. Past that, I think everybody has a day where you spent a lot of time in your desk on your phone and you're like, why are they paying me to do this? <laughs> right? Like, Right. I think that's such a common thing where it's just like, I didn't do much. I didn't get stuff done. I don't know how to do this project. Like, 
you're a person first and people are flawed and have to learn to do better. And so we kind of have to, you know, like people are great. I'm obviously, I love people, but like we all have flaws. We all have areas that we need to grow in. And so sometimes you just hit something that it's like, I need to grow more. I need to do more. Maybe I'll do a training on this. Maybe I'll read another book. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll watch a TED talk and an article and see what I can figure out. Right. And that's the beautiful part of this field is that you can always learn something. You can continuously keep learning. And that's what's meant to happen in this field. So if at any point you're like, oh, I I think I know everything I need to know. Like, I promise you, you don't. (laughs) Like, there are so many things that you can learn about and educate yourself about or just strengthen. So I think a healthy amount of imposter syndrome is good. Um, But I also think, and this is kind of where, like, my area of expertise comes in, I guess, is related to EMDR. Um, In EMDR, what we do a lot of times is we identify negative core beliefs that we have. And if that is something that stayed with you because of, like, a past trauma or past experiences, I would really encourage you to work with a therapist about that and see what that's about. So that way when it comes up for you it's not triggering like trauma responses yeah absolutely i think it's really good to self-examine if it's a trauma response or like a normal healthy level of imposter syndrome um another thing that i find really helpful i guess just tip for anyone in the field or people in any field ever because it's just good general information i think one of the best things you can do for imposter syndrome is do everything you can to separate your work life from your home life. It's so important because the thing is when you have imposter syndrome at work, sometimes it can bleed over to the like, and you know, I think the healthy level of imposter syndrome is I don't know this. I need to go learn this. This will inspire me to do more. Not the like, I can't sleep at night because I feel like a failure. That's kind of past it. And so right. I know like, your I've... work and the stuff that you do needs to be separate from the person that you are. Like, yeah. I'm an imposter. If that's your identity, like, that's a problem. But if you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm feeling like an imposter in this specific situation because I don't know enough information, that's different. Yeah, absolutely. And so one of the ways that I work to separate I just have a little like ritual that I do before I leave the office and come home because I'm doing telehealth right now but I do it from our office um just because it's close and I get that separation and no one else uses it so COVID wise it's a very safe situation um but I I have like a color by number app on my phone and I have some meditation so I'll just take five to ten minutes just do something to de-stress before I leave Mm -hmm. And just, like, try to leave stuff at the office. And that can help, too, just because it helps mitigate the impact of imposter syndrome on your life. Right. A bit. To just leave it at work. Yep. Yep. I think that's great. But, yeah. Great question. Imposter syndrome. It's out there. We all experience it. You're not alone. I actually had a friend who just started seeing clients for the first time in her program who texted me and was like, so does imposter syndrome ever get better? And I'm like, it always comes and goes. Like, it's kind of a constant. And so like you won't constantly feel that way every single session, but it does pop up. And the thing is, you will feel that way 
for your first, like when you at the beginning, yeah. it's it's so hard. It is because um, you're like, I'm a child. <laughs> like, what do I know? <laughs> I am like a literal human infant. Um, and I think I lucked out because my first ever client was just um, was a really good fit for a first therapist time therapist. Like they just leveled that right because usually. They, you know, the supervisors and the people who are in charge that they give to first-time therapists, they're giving you people who just need, like, basic CBT instruction. They're giving you people who, as far as they know, can handle having a new therapist. Right. Um, and so, you know, usually you can ease your way into it. It's going to be hard at first. It does get better, but it's always going to come and go. That's just just the reality of it. My my first client was in my internship because in social work that's how we did it, um, and it was a good experience. It was a really cute kid. Not that that's like important, but to be fair, I think all kids are pretty cute. Ki- I just like working with kids because the things that they say are so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think sometimes if you have imposter syndrome, working with kids can be really helpful because they're just like, you're my best friend. And it's like, that does actually make me feel better, <laughs> like, you. weirdly, where it's like, I'm your <laughs> therapist, but they're like, can we also be friends? And it's just like, I, I while we're in the office, in right? In the like, confinements of this room. We're the, we're friend therapy relationship, right? Like, I think sometimes, you know, even admitting it to your clients, like, admit when you don't know something. They don't think that you know everything. No. They're not under the illusion of that. Yeah. I've well, never thought that one not. of I've never thought that any of my therapists knew anything, everything. I mean, they know <laughs> I things. things. <laughs> no, any. Well, one of them didn't know anything, but two of them. I've had some bad therapists and some good therapists, Same. but bad and good for me one was objectively bad a lot of them just weren't the right fit for me which is fine yes love my therapist now she's wonderful i love my therapist now she's great we got some good therapists now that'll just answer a question that nobody specifically asked us but i've had clients ask me this before do therapists see therapists yes they do they they should. should it's normal yeah Nobody should be seeing clients unless they have their own therapist or have been in therapy before. Um, so you gotta check great. your own shit. Yeah. You have to have that experience of being a client so you can empathize with the client's experience. Like, there's so many reasons why you should. So, hot takes. And it's just like, it's being a therapist can be a very heavy job. Yeah. And it's good to have somewhere to work through that in. So I, yeah, therapists need therapy. A lot of us have them. Uh, I believe the term I've seen memed a lot. It's your grand therapist is your therapist <laughs> therapist. Yes. It's a whole hierarchy. We all see each other. So. Do you ever yeah. do that with your therapist? Where you're like, so like, there's this thing going on. Can I just like ask your advice? Like what you would do? <laughs> I don't think I've ever asked her advice before. Okay. I do that sometimes um, with mine, where she's like, I mean, like, this isn't, like, for you, but if this is helpful to you, like, this is what I would do. I I try to keep it, I think we've, we've talked a bit on, like, our philosophy on seeing people in person. Mm. Um, so we've, we've, like, talked more about, like, office stuff, less about specific situations, but... 
I actually, funnily enough, I picked my therapist specifically because they went to the same program I did. Oh, weird. That's cool. And I was just like, you know exactly what I know. Therefore, you're, I trust I, I trust the I information you. you've received. And I told her that. I'm like, we went to the same program. And she's like, cool. She's like, oh, <laughs> she's, I didn't realize that was on like, my profile. <laughs> yeah. Well, and she had her diploma. Yeah. Up, so I was like, yeah, I went there too and everything. Um but yeah that's cool okay what's another one what's another one i don't um do you have any more that like listeners sent in let me look at my screenshots no no okay so we we did not get as many listener questions as I'd hoped, which is fine. You guys don't owe us anything, so no worries. Yes. Um, but I kind of came up with a few. Yay. So going a bit towards the podcast itself, we have been podcasting for an entire year now. Yay! So what what has the podcasting experience been like for you? Hmm. Um, it's always been cool in that, I mean, even, like, you and I have talked about doing some sort of podcast, like, for a long time. Um, so it's always been fun because it's kind of, like, a chance to talk about, like, certain topics that, you know, we both find interesting. Um, and I would just talk to you about it anyway but it's almost like we're having like more educated conversations about it because we're like pulling up like research too um so I think it's fun it's always been cool um I think I still am in denial that people actually listen to it like sometimes I feel like like okay like I mean does anybody really even listen to this anyway sort of a thing um but then I I get reminded by like seeing you know people writing in and leaving reviews and um the downloads per month I mean you know that that definitely is helpful with that part of it Mm -hmm. yeah and I agree I think this is so fun we over the years have come up with so many bizarre ideas of things we were gonna do together in our life and we stuck with this one so that's cool like we actually did one um we're recording now okay it didn't for a couple Mm -hmm. seconds like but um yeah so I don't think that that's really sunk in yet like I think we're at like 24,000 downloads and like it doesn't quite feel real. I think it just feels like a thing that Lauren and I do for fun randomly. Um, so it's a very bizarre feeling, for sure. Yeah. Like, it's not... And it's not, like, one of those things, like, you know, that, like, for example, like, my favorite murder, like, Karen and Georgia, like, where people, like, recognize them. Like, nobody, like, is like, oh my god, it's really good and learn. Like, it's not like that at all. It's not that big. Um but it it is weird when people like reference the podcast because I'm always like, oh, somebody listens. This is weird. Right, right. I think I've had like one moment where 
I was at Target and somebody who came to like our live shows, I got like a little wave from them. I think oh. that's the closest to like recognition wave I've ever gotten. Yes. <laughs> um, it was just people that I met multiple times at our live shows and like have talked to a bunch kind of nodding at me at Target. Like, yes, right. I know who you are. Um, well, and I think if we saw someone like Brandy at the story, we'd be like, what's right. up, Brandy? Brandy! Yeah, I'm sure we would be jazzed about that. Um, but yeah, we're not, I, I don't know how I would take it if somebody, and I mean, also, I don't think most of you really know what we look like. We've posted like a couple pictures on Facebook. Yeah. And obviously, if you follow our therapy instas, there are occasional pictures on there, but. But they not. probably know our voices really well. Probably, yeah. I mean, but we haven't done, like, the big podcasts do a lot of, like, promo pictures mm-hmm. and other stuff, which we do not do. No. We do not. No. I posted one of my wedding pictures on our Facebook page of the two oh, of us just because one. it was a nice picture. And I was like, here's what we look like when we're dressed up. I love that one. That one's cute. It's cute. Yeah, it's really cute. So, what? what's your favorite episode that we've done? Hmm. It's probably weird, but I think the stalking one. Okay. Because, I mean, it was my favorite and not that it was, like, the most fun, but it was my favorite in that I think it was the most impactful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did, I did like that one quite a bit. I feel like in a weird way, the holiday special is kind of my favorite. The Santa Claus, Krampus, and Behavior Modification one. Why? Uh, I think that was the most fun to, like, research mm-hmm. and record. And I think I have a really big interest in folklore. Yeah. I always have. And so that one was kind of fun for me. It was not a popular episode, which is fine. Like It was interesting I'm, to me. So I found it really interesting. I thought that was one of the more fun ones to record because it was just kind of ridiculous. Um, and I liked it. I kind of, I like some of the goofy and less serious ones that totally. we've done. So, I like them all, though. I don't think there's any that I dislike. I think it's interesting. Lauren, I don't know if you feel like this, but sometimes I look at our downloads per episode, and I realize that I'm very bad at figuring out which ones are going to be the most popular. Yeah, same. I'm wrong a lot. Although, I've called this out before, and I have questions for you guys. Why is our male serial killers episode like twice as downloaded as our female serial killers episode? Yeah. I'm what always is the like, deal? what is the deal? Female serial killers exist, people. We don't. They're out there. They're real. They're um, so our real. schizophrenic episode or schizophrenia episode. Um, that surprised me too. How many downloads we got for that one? Yeah, and we're getting more and more. Um, our horror stories in the field is one of the most downloaded episodes. Is it really? Have. Yep, that one's pretty mm-hmm. high up there. Um, so, yeah, it's always interesting to see. And I know that the downloads aren't necessarily everything because it's streams and multiple different platforms. And it's actually very hard to accurately figure out how many listeners we have. Yeah, I have no idea. Like, I have genuinely no idea because we... We have some stuff that gives us statistics, but like it doesn't... Like Spotify only, though. And, yeah, yeah, it doesn't actually, like, compile from everywhere we're hosted, how many total subscribers we have, how many of that. So we really have no idea how many people listen. 
Right. Um, but yeah, it is kind of interesting scrolling through the downloads and just being like, what the fuck? Why is it? Like, and I feel like every time I'm like, this episode is not going to like work. It always ends up being one of the most popular ones. So usually I just have to go with the opposite of my gut feeling and then we're fine. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I'm trying to think if, if people like that one, I just, I'm trying to think of like other horror stories I have. Yeah. Um... Hmm. What is, I guess, in a non-identifying way, what's the funniest thing that's ever happened during a session you've done? Hmm. Let me think. So, I had this younger boy come in, and it was his first time in therapy, Mm-hmm. And so he came in and he laid down on the couch, like very like Freudian. And I just mm-hmm. thought it was like the funniest thing in the world. Yeah, I've had people lay down before and I'm always like, you don't have to, but you are welcome. I know you saw this like in a comic strip or something, but like. Yeah, yeah. I I once had a little kid draw me. As they were drawing me. As a vampire teacher, right? Wonderful. Because a lot of children will, like, refer to therapists as, like, your feelings teacher. Or, like, refer to therapy as a class that they're in. Because mm-hmm. it's just the most common equivalent. So she's drawing me as a teacher. And, and a vampire. one kid call me their coach. Their coach? Yeah. Ooh, like I like coach. Coach Lauren. Coach <laughs> I was like, Lauren. Okay. I'm like, they, I get called, it's, I have a few, they're like, Dr. Megan, I'm like, it's very important to me that you know that I'm not a doctor, and I do not have a doctor, so like, <laughs> don't, don't, don't call me Dr. Megan, thank you for that. Thank you. Um, I didn't earn it, I did not earn the title, so like, no, um, but this kid was drawing me, and it was, because kids are mean, kids mm-hmm. are so mean, but in they like are. the most innocent way, and they're drawing me, and they just like looked really closely at my body, which is always like an uncomfortable thing, looked at my stomach, and said out loud dead ass to my face, just a little bit of a pooch, and then drew a big <laughs> stomach on me. I cannot. the funniest thing. I was just like, okay. Like, accurate. I don't, I've never had a flat stomach, so like, totally accurate, but kids are just so funny and there's so much, <laughs> like, like, my random heart is breaking. like that, where I'm just like, okay. Oh my god. Like, way to so- just call, I mean, and it's it's all, it was, it was just really fun, because it was so, like, innocent and, like, adults can never get away with saying stuff no. like that, but it was literally, like, they were just trying to draw me as accurately as they possibly could. Because they wanted it to look like me. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that was so funny. I remember I was working with a little kid once. um, And it was, like, at the beginning where I first started, like, filling in my eyebrows. Like, you know, with, like, an eyebrow pencil or whatever. And they're just like, why do your eyebrows look so angry? (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I understand I need to do better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was another thing a client said to me where I was just like, you're such a brat, but I was like crying. I was laughing so hard. Um, So when I moved to the West Dundee office, um, I had set up the room to try to make it like cozy, you know? And so um, I was just like, oh, yeah, like my one client who's like a teenager. I was like, what do you think of it? He was just like, 
He, like, looked around. He's like, you could have done better. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, uh, just the honesty of kids and teenagers Uh is, like, my favorite thing. Because they'll tell you stuff. And they're just like, okay. All right. Or, like, when they tell you they're bored. You're like, all right. Well, thank you. I play. It's just it's it's a completely different thing because adults have that like voice in them where they're like I should not comment on my therapist's appearance or body or interior design skills, and kids are just like I hate it in here and it's like okay what do you think I should do differently? <laughs> like the candy you have here sucks. I'm like <laughs> great. Yeah, I think actually um so our office moved right at the beginning of the pandemic so we have this new office that like very few clients have ever been in um we've done like a a few in-person sessions have happened here and there but it's very minimal and i set up like a play therapy area which is not it's not perfect but i like it and it was the most validating thing ever in that our um practice owner was there one day with her daughter i was standing outside her daughter's like 11 Mm-hmm. And I just watched her, like, go into the office and go on the rug and immediately start digging through the box of toys and, like, pulling out stuff. Because I guess she had been there already and had already, like, scoped out her favorite oh, stuff. And I okay. was, like, the fact that an 11-year-old was so, like, I'm going Excited. to go. Where she's just like, Mom, can I go play now? And she's like, yeah, sure. And I was like, I crushed it. Like, Nailed I did it. a good job. Because yeah. getting an 11-year-old, that's, like, the hardest age to get to play it's like the 11 to 14 year olds are too cool for everything so school they really are so it's like super validating it's like compliments from teenagers just mean more yeah yeah they will they they will not say anything unless they actually mean it it's true it's very true (laughs) tim's teenage nephews told me that i was a cool aunt and i was Thank you. <laughs> that means so much to me. <laughs> that means so important to me that you think I'm cool because when teenagers think you cool, you're cool. That's, I mean, I'm not, but like that's more I'm glad important you think than that. Like, anybody else <laughs> thinks that. Aww. So, yeah. I mean, being a therapist is a weird job. It's a very weird job. Super weird job because sometimes it's like so heavy and sometimes you just end up covering like very specific things at length and it's funny and it's just like I mean it's such an interesting variety especially when you're working with kids on behaviors because sometimes the behaviors that they're doing are like objectively really funny but they're inappropriate so you have to just be like I get that you're frustrated but don't do that why are you doing that like walk me through your logic and kid logic is the best that's why I like working with kids because they'll just tell you stuff, and they're just like, well, I wanted to do it, so I did it. And it's like, yeah, it's probably accurate. Oh my god. I love it. I love it. I don't work with kids as much anymore, but the kids that I do work with and the kids that I have worked with, they've always just been just so fun. Yeah. I think I've been working with more teenagers and I really like working. And the teenagers are like the one category that a lot of therapists just do not like to work. I love I working love with teenagers so much. Yeah. They're amazing. 
They are, and they're in such like an important stage of their life where they're figuring out their like identity and stuff. And I, I don't know. I just, I love being part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've definitely noticed with like younger girls. So like some of you like don't know what I look like or whatever, but I have short hair and like my sides are like shaved and usually like I'll switch up like my hair color and stuff. And I've definitely noticed, like, with, like, the little girls I work with, like, eventually they start, like, chopping off their hair and, like, dyeing it colors. I'm like, Miss Lauren, like, look what I did. And I'm just like, you're so cute. So. Oh, it's great. I always like it when you, when you. (laughs) I don't feel like there's anything about me that's identifying enough that a client has ever tried to mimic it. Like, I'm kind of boring looking i don't know i don't think like, so i think not you really. wear fun converse and you have fun glasses i do i have fun shoes that's the big one i have fun shoes and um i have to explain this the thing that probably uh, the thing that i get made fun of the most for the most in sessions is how i sit how do you sit Okay, so this is for context, I know we've mentioned a chronic illness, so I have a connective tissue disorder, and, like, all my joints are fucked. That's, like, the easiest way to say it. Like, they're all too loose. They're just not held together well. They slide out sometimes. So I can't sit normally because it hurts. Mm-hmm. So I just, I have to move. And, like, I continuously tell clients like that. I'm like, I have this disorder. I have to move around a lot. I'm not, like, uncomfortable because of what you're saying. I'm just uncomfortable all the time and they're like oh okay so a lot of times i'll like sit perched in my chair like with my feet on the chair like a bird because that's the most comfortable way for me to sit Mm -hmm. so i totally get made fun of a lot for that but there's this really unique phenomenon that happens where you can tell how comfortable people are with you if they're mimicking your body language yeah so every once in a while somebody will just start sitting in increasingly weird position and they'll start to do it too and it's pretty funny because i'm just like yes i know but like kids love it like i think adult clients are a bit more like why are you perched right now and kids are like oh we're comfy here we're not wearing shoes and we're perched up on the couch and it's fine so that's funny because when i think about how i sit i think i i sit crisscross applesauce yep like my feet like don't really touch the ground yeah right i mean i don't think either of us there's a lot of ideas about... I actually read this whole article on, like, people giving feedback on what their therapist should wear. Oh, interesting. weirdest thing. It was so fascinating. Mm-hmm. And most people agreed with my philosophy. Um, I don't dress sloppily, but I don't dress up Yeah, I don't dress fancy. Like, I usually wear jeans. Same. And, like, a t-shirt and a cardigan and sneakers. Um, because especially when you're working with, like, teenagers, like, you don't, you are not an authority figure. (laughs) Like, you should not be, you don't know more than people. Like, some people are very much like, oh, I want my therapist to wear a suit and be super professional. But most people don't. And so I don't particularly dress up all that much. Um. Right, like, I'll dress appropriately. Like, my cleavage and stuff isn't showing. But, like, I'm not... Like you said, I'm not, like, wearing, like, dress pants or, like, a blazer. Like, that's just not me. And I right. think most people feel more comfortable that way. Right. I mean, I have, because I work with kids and teenagers, I have a collection of, like, tops with various animals on them. Like, I have a bat sweater that I just got that I love. Um, I love it, too. It's super cute. Um, 
and like I have a t-shirt with a giraffe on it and like other stuff that's kind of goofy but like that is the wearing an animal t-shirt is the quickest way to bond with a young child because they almost always also have an animal on their shirt and then you talk about what animals you have on your shirt and it's like you break in so it is there's so many like interesting mimicking things but I don't think we particularly are not the most like super profesh people all the time no and i remember in grad school i mean this is i guess like a tip for those of you in grad school i remember always kind of having like a unique expression and like how like i dress or do my hair like whatever um and i remember being pulled into one of my supervisor's office and uh she was just like you know, Lauren, like, you're not going to be able to get, like, an internship with the way that, like, you dress and, like, do your makeup. And I remember being, like, crushed because I felt mm-hmm. like I can't, like, be myself and do this job that I love, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think what's important to realize is, like, yes, like, in certain things, you know, it's probably not professional um, or, you know, certain things may be inappropriate But what we're finding and what we're moving towards, like, in this field is not that, it's not, like, lack of professionalism, but, like, you can be yourself. You can Mm -hmm. use self-expression, and people really respond to that better um, and feel more comfortable. Because, especially, I think, probably in the way that Megan and I both practice, it's it's almost that, like, a feminist approach in that, like, I'm not going to pretend I I know more than my client. My client is the expert of them. So I don't want Mm -hmm. to create, like, barriers that make them feel, like, inferior when we're doing therapy. Right. And especially when you work with uh, millennials and Gen Z. um, (laughs) It's a completely different thing um, because even hearing... Like, there's so many funny things you get told. Like, there's a very different perception of therapy with the younger populations. Like, I'll have younger clients be like, do you know this therapist? And I'm like, no, why? And they're like, well, because they're my best friend's therapist. And we were just wondering if you guys know each other when we were talking about you both the other day. Like, teenagers will always tell me that they just talk to their friends about their therapist. And it's such like a, like yeah, you all, we all have therapists now and we like them and like, they, you know, it's just this weird perception and old school psychology, I think was a lot more formal than it is now. And it's not that that's bad. It's just, and it's not that like the formalization is bad and it's not that, you know, clients do have to like listen to you and respect you. If they don't respect you, it's not going to work. But I, I feel like, and I felt like this with therapists as well. I've always preferred it when therapists do have an interesting personal style and, like, will tell you anecdotes sometimes about their lives so you can kind of get a feel for, like, who they are as a person yeah, and relate to them on a deeper level. And so I, I like to, you know, self-expression. I like to, you know, you can be yourself and be in the field. You have to be reasonable, I think, especially if you're working with, um, if you're working with clients who have experienced sexual abuse, 
Uh, for lack of a better term, modestly dressing can be important because you don't know what could trigger someone. That was like a big thing in my internship in a children's advocacy center was very much like, you got to wear high necklines yeah. because you could you could legitimately trigger someone. Not that, I mean, obviously dress however you want to in your personal life. Um, I'm more comfortable with higher necklines personally. That's my yeah. style anyway, so it works out really well. But, like, you don't have to dress fancy, so, like, that stuff's important. Like, yeah, if you're going to work with a sexually abused population, you should be cautious because cleavage can be a trigger. Um, yeah. And different things like that. So you do have to be careful, but past, like that and like being dressed appropriate for a workplace and in a way that should theoretically not trigger someone i i think it's important to have some fun also as a social worker i wear a fuck ton of cardigans i was gonna say pro tip get so many cardigans that is a therapist staple yeah cardigans all the time you gotta get the long cardigans yep, you can wrap them covers up like your they're butt. a blanket mm-hmm. yep and, and then fluffy be- yeah like a wearable blanket it's basically like wearing a robe like a professional robe (laughs) like a very nice robe it's actually why uh i love dresses i like dresses and skirts um which i do it's so funny because people i always get more compliments when i wear dresses and all of my dresses far more comfy (laughs) right they're like jersey t-shirt dresses that i wear with long cardigans and everyone's like oh you look so put together i'm like thank you i'm basically wearing pajamas right now um, and especially since I do have chronic pain, I wear a lot of dresses and skirts when it's warmer out because they're so much more comfortable than pants. Mm-hmm. Um, I find pants to be incredibly uncomfortable just because Same. of pain. Um, everyone's like, you look so put together. It's like, thank you. I'm basically wearing pajamas right now. And I'm enjoy. Like, enjoy <laughs> it. Like I'm wearing a t-shirt dress and a long cardigan and sneakers. This is my peak. I'm great. Um, I would say, like, if I had a uniform, I would describe it as, like, jeggings, some sort of, like, higher up, like, tank top t-shirt, cardigan, and some shoes similar to, like, Tom's. Yeah. Yeah. Mine is, a uh, very, very similar, like a jeans t-shirt or tank top and cardigan pretty much across the board uh my hair is often in a bun because i'm terrible at doing my hair i'm not even bad at doing it i just don't have a lot of energy so my I mean, hair that's often why i like gets... cut almost all my hair it's no. like there's very little to do <laughs> you you can pull it off though i can't pull off short hair i've tried it it does not work for me no no oh no i have some hair related trauma Oh, God. I ever tell you this? No. This is a fun podcast story. This is fun knowing. So I got okay. head lice when I was really little. Oh, and I have before, too. Bad head lice. So I had hair pretty much down to my butt, and I had this beautiful long hair that I was like five, so my mom did it. <laughs> so I didn't have to do anything about it. So I had beautiful long hair. And um, after a couple weeks of intensive lice treatments and both of my siblings get it uh basically we just had to cut off all of my hair (gasps) literally literally yeah so i went from essentially having hair down to my butt to a bowl cut because we couldn't go anywhere to get it cut because i had head lice and my mom uh good at many things not good at cutting hair 
Okay. okay. Just not not a good skill set. She has like she got the clippers out like she did with my brother and just totally cut it all off. And uh, they thought my neighbors thought that I looked a lot like their friend Bill. And then I got <laughs> called Bill for like three or four years. Oh, I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> I'm like I cannot handle having really short hair. Um, so you know nothing wrong with women having short hair. I just like I. It was because I really loved my hair, and then I had to get it cut off. You didn't have a choice. I didn't yeah. have a choice. And so I've never particularly liked it being shorter than collarbone length since then. Understandable. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, it's it's getting long again. So. Love it. Yeah. Love it, well, love it. Ooh, I have what, a question. Yeah. This might be a fun one. Um, as a therapist, has any of your clients ever hit on you before? No. Never ever? Never ever. Man. <laughs> I'm guessing that's not your answer to I've this question. I've had some bad experiences. You had some bad ones? Yeah. Yeah. So, and um, they were just like, like for example, like I'm really attracted to you and I know you're just trying to help me, but like I can't help it. And so I just had to be like, okay. I was like, well, if this is too distracting for you, maybe we should think about switching to a different therapist. Mm -hmm. And so never saw them again. Yeah. And then like a second time, uh, I'm trying to remember. I think it was over like text message or something. This other guy was just like, he's like, you must um, be hit on a lot. Like, can I take you out sometime? I was like, no. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, no. Yeah, I... The thing is, okay, number one, I just like to point, throw it out there, that people being attracted to their therapist is kind of a normal reaction to therapy sometimes. Right, you're sharing you're being vulnerable. vulnerable with yeah. them. It can happen. So... I won't say, I mean, I can't say for sure if any clients have ever been attracted to me. None of them have ever said anything or made okay. it obvious or crossed any boundaries whatsoever. Um, so, yeah, I've kind of lucked out in that department. Um, well, and that's that's the other part. Like you said, like, it's normal to have those feelings and it's okay to, like, process them with your therapist, but there's, like, an appropriate way to do that. And then there's, like the non-appropriate way to do that which are the examples that i gave of like like oh you must get hit on a lot can i take you out like no you may not and yeah. we're done with therapy <laughs> like like it's perfectly fine to just be like i'm struggling because i find you attractive and i know you're my therapist and that's like a boundary and so i'm working on it like that's totally fine to bring up um but Obviously, your therapist is not going to date you, and if they try to date you, their license should be removed immediately because that's not okay. Yep. Same We're with friendships. Even if yeah. we think you're awesome, we can't be your friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I said, I'll sometimes tell clients when they're like, "Are we friends?" I'm like, "We're. I'm your therapist friend, and we only hang out during these sessions, and we work on your feelings, right? Like we can have a very friendly." relationship like I definitely you know some of my clients I'd say we have friendlier 
relationships than yeah, others. Yeah, like, like, you have the same sense of humor or something. Some clients are definitely more, especially younger clients, um, if we're looking more at the millennials and Gen Z, they are so funny because they ask you how, you, how you're doing and they, like, genuinely care. Yeah. So, like, they're like, what's going on in your life that you feel comfortable sharing? And I'm like, thanks, I've been playing a lot of The Sims. Like, yeah. my dog's doing good. I went on a hike. Like, those are things I'm comfortable sharing. Um, so they're, they're kind of funny about they it. Really I forget are. where I was going with that, but... There oh, was just a that point. we can't be friends. With like, them. we can't be friends. Like, yeah. we can be friendlier. Um, and I mean, therapists sometimes, like, I don't know about you, like, sometimes I'll share anecdotes and stuff if yeah. they're relevant. Sometimes, like, if clients are like, you know, I definitely, some people will be like, oh, you should watch this movie because you really like it. And then if I watch, they'll be like, oh, hey, I watched the movie you told me about. Like, it was yeah. really great. You're right. I did like it. Or we'll talk about, like, video games and other Same. stuff. Um, because again, it's a friendly relationship, but like, we're not going to hang out with you outside no. of session. If and you it's see nothing us in- personal. It's just right, seriously no. like an ethical violation. We will get our licenses taken away. Like, it's it's just like, yeah, we're, we're not here for friendship. We're here to help you. And some, a lot of times that can look like friendship in session, because when you're friendly and comfortable, it's much easier to work with people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we can't be friends. Um, this is, this is a fun question, telehealth question, Hmm. um, but I've had some clients kind of hint at that. So Lauren, when you do telehealth, are you wearing sweatpants? Yeah, of course. All the time. Every time. Just to clear that up, we 100% are. I often have fuzzy slippers on too, because I like slipper socks. (laughs) So I, uh, that is what, I'm excited to go back in person whenever I end up doing that, but I will greatly miss the ability to wear sweatpants to work. Well, and also low key on days where, let's say, like I work out during my lunch break or I'm just having a sleepier day. I really also like the luxury of you not knowing if I showered or not. Mm-hmm. That's also nice. Yeah, that is good. Right. There is a lot of perks. Um, how have you been like dealing with COVID and just all of the like stress? What are you doing for self-care? For self-care? Yeah. I really like to go on walks. Walks mm-hmm. help me a lot. Um, my therapist helps me a lot. Yeah. Um, taking time off is good if I'm getting overwhelmed. Um, I would also say I've been playing games more. Mm-hmm. So, like, a game that I've been playing a lot is Among Us. Oh, you've been playing it? I've been... I've had many children attempt to explain Among Us to us. Oh, and then it's fun. F- finally one who was old enough to explain a video game in a way. I think my favorite explanation of Among Us is they were just like, basically you're playing as a jelly bean, and that's all they said about it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I know nothing about it's what you're talking about. It's honestly very similar in a lot of ways to Clue, so that's why I like it. Is it that, because, like, I know I've played, like, what was essentially a card game version where you're just trying to figure out who the imposter is. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Because, like, I've played, like, card game versions oh, of I that didn't know before. That. Yeah, That's like, there is one we did at, like, this honors thing where it was, like, I don't know if we were, like, somebody was secretly an alien or something, and you oh, each get like cards those. passed out, yeah. and it's, like, it seems or, like, like it's the same... Yeah, like, the yeah. same principle where you get passed out, and, like, so you know, but you just have to figure it out. 
Um, I've been playing a lot of The Sims. Okay. So I know I mentioned this before. I'm just going to give everyone an update on the cult that I'm starting yeah, in The Sims. Yeah, how's it going? It's going great. We are now on the fourth generation. So for those wow. of you who missed my initial explanation in this ridiculous quarantine project that I'm doing. So I created one Sim. Her name was Tallulah. And so she's the only one that I have actually created. And then basically, I'm seeing how many generations it takes to where this one woman's direct descendants take over the entire town. So we've got a full cul-de-sac almost. We got four houses. We're about to split into our fifth one. We're on the fourth generation. So she had two daughters, Tallulah, Edie, and I forget. I like the names. Thank you. Uh, they've gotten creepy. The names have gotten genuinely weird over time because it that is a cult. You've, <laughs> so, you've picked them? Oh, or? I have picked them. Okay. Which is very important. So I think it was, yeah, so it was like Tallulah was the one. She married someone named Edison. And then it was like Edie and I cannot remember her name. Um, they had another daughter. And then collectively, one of them had four kids, one had three, and now, like, three of their kids have kids, so, like, one is on four, so it just keeps going. But I'm giving them all creepy cult names Perfect. now. So <laughs> Vanguard. Van- Ooh, okay, let's throw a Vanguard in there. We've been, I'm doing a lot of, uh, like, old-school angel names, like Asriel, Amos, oh, uh, those smart. ones. Yeah, now I have one that their three children are Ezekiel, Eustace, and Euphigenia. Beautiful. Uh, Euphigenia is from Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> Euphigenia Doubtfire. Doubtfire. There's a little kid named Euphigenia. So this has been an ongoing thing I've been doing. It's just like taking over the town. Um, Great. Coming up with there's a lot of home births happening. Uh, wow. Nobody gets married anymore. Everybody just goes on a first date and then immediately gets knocked up because it's The Sims, so like you can do that. <laughs> they like yeah. like each other and it's like try for a baby. Um, so there's just a lot. There's a lot of astronauts and there's a lot of babies and that's basically where it is. They're just taking over the town. Love it. And what I else are you doing for self care besides Sims? Um. You know, I've been slacking on self-care. I got a color-by-number app in my phone, um, which is good because I love coloring and art, but my hands have gotten particularly shitty lately mm. and bad at doing things. I can, like, barely type and write right now. Mm. Um, and it'll it'll come back. It usually does. I have to wear my splints more and do some more exercises and everything, so I can't, like, color in person at the moment, so I have, like, a little color-by-number app. On my phone, I've been watching too much television, all, like, mindless stuff. Like, I've been watching a lot of dumb teen shows. I'm watching New Girl now. Okay. Um, so I've just been kind of, like, watching shows, hanging out, um, just trying to, like, calm down yeah. as much as possible. Unfortunately, my health problems have gotten bad because of stress, so yeah. it's, like, also a lot of, like, taking baths because that helps so that's good yeah i've been trying to talk to friends more too because i feel like i got really bad at that i'm like that too when i get stressed i like isolate yeah we get really bad about that Mm -hmm. sometimes i remember one time where we like couldn't record and you're like i keep forgetting that we can just hang out (laughs) 
And so we went out to lunch and it was nice. Where it's like, yeah, we can just hang out with each other. We like, can do we that. We don't have to be at work meetings or podcast stuff. Like we can totally, obviously we're not hanging out in person. Right. Right now. But we're virtual hangs. We've got like a virtual hang set up next week. Um, and I also enrolled in a self-care class that my uh, insurance is giving us for free. Sweet. My like liability insurance. So if any of you have the NASW liability insurance, check out their self-care class thingy that they're letting us do for free. Seems good. Dope. So I keep telling myself I'm going to read more, but I'm not. It's so hard. I love reading so much. I just have not been able. And I like have been getting a lot of books on my Kindle because, again, my hands are shit right now, so I can't hold a book for very long, but I can like hold up my Kindle. So I need to read more. I do better with audiobooks. I really want to start listening to one of the Caitlin Dowdy books. Okay. She's the one that, um, she's like a mortician who's like, um, like pro like death positivity and like understanding like what happens like when you die and stuff, which sounds morbid, but like, I'm curious about it. Mm-hmm. That sounds pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it's on my list. Good. How are the pigs doing? Pigs are good. Pigs are spoiled. Um, Majora had her third birthday. She got um, a Tempur-Pedic bed. <laughs> like, like doggy, like Tempur-Pedic kind of. Uh-huh. Um, and she also really likes Alfredo. So we put some Alfredo on her dinner and she was really Aww. happy. And we just really snuggled her a lot that day. Nice. Yeah. That's good. How's Gotham? She's good. She is doing just fine right now. She's staring out the window. Oh. Or doggo TV, as we like to call the big window that she likes to stare out. Um, yeah, no, she is... She's good. She's, I think, finally used to us being around a lot. She was not happy at first. She's a strong, independent doggo. Who needs yes. her own time. She does that where she'll just ignore us for a couple hours in her own bed and we just call it strong independent doggo time and then later oh. she comes back. So yeah, no, she's good. I think she's adjusting to us being here finally. Um, yeah, not a lot going on. She got to meet, she has a dog cousin. Now my oh. brother got a dog. Oh yeah. And so we took them to the dog park so they could meet, which Aww. was great. Because we, we're not seeing family much right now, so it was nice to be able to go do something like outdoors and hang out and see them. So she got to meet her cousin Winston, and Winston. it was they call him Winnie for Aww. short. And it was just really cute. So, And she's... Um, so for those of you who don't know this about my dog... She's She has some trauma, actually. She is a traumatized dog. Um, I've had her since she was 10 weeks old. She has a strong fear of white tile and, like, a very intense response to white tile. So no idea what that's about. But mm. And tall men with hats. Hmm. Only with hats. But she has unfortunately gotten attacked by some other dogs a couple times. Mm. We had some very inconsiderate neighbors who let their dogs out on le off leash all the time, and they were not nice dogs. Um, and so she's been attacked a couple times. She has a strong fear response around other dogs. So we yeah. had to be so particular about like introducing her to Winston because he is a puppy mm -hmm. and puppies don't understand boundaries. And yes. so like 
Gotham uh, did really great. She did nip at him a couple times, but he was licking the inside of her mouth and she did not like that. So she actually held it together pretty well and like would just like walk away from him if he was annoying her. So we were very proud. It's just like, it's kind of, it's always scary like introducing her to other dogs because she doesn't always take it well, but she did really, really good. And we want them to get along because obviously when they get along with other dogs, there's more dog sitting opportunities. If one of us is going somewhere where the other can watch their dog for a while. So totally. Yeah. So she, she had a play date with her cousin, which was pretty cute. That is cute. Yeah, if you're a newer listener and maybe don't know this, I have two pet pigs, Gigi and Majora. And um, Majora, our youngest, actually has been attacked by a dog before, like before we got her. So she actually has like a scar on her face um, and a little piece of her ear that's missing. Um, So we have to be super careful around dogs too, just because she gets really scared. Reasonably so. Oh, of course, yeah. Luckily, Gotham, my dog, she has not been injured significantly in any of these attacking moments. Um, One I did have to get in the middle of, so I almost got very close to getting bit, um, but my my mama bear protectiveness over her kicked <laughs> so i'm like fighting through these dogs trying to rescue her and then i'm standing in the middle like i have made a mistake here <laughs> and the other owner of the two dogs was like standing 20 feet away like just kind of calling the dogs i'm like they're obviously not listening to you you need to like come get them yeah um so she hasn't been serious she's just she's very sensitive <laughs> oh baby she's a sensitive soul um and i we're big pet people. I always say I understand that having a pet is not the same as having a child, but I love her like she's my baby for now. So I'm not That's saying it's the I same feel. thing. I just love her a lot. So. That's how I feel about my baby girls. Yeah. We've child-proofed everything in our house, so it feels like we have children. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. we have not. Gotham is just very weirdly responsible. Oh. Like, I don't actually understand how she's as good as she is. Yes, I'm talking about you. She's like, I'm just gonna... Like, yeah. Hi, you want to come say hi? Would you like to say hi to all of the people listening to the podcast? <laughs> Gotham is here saying hi to you all. Gotham. She's She's a very quiet... She, like, she makes pig noises, which we always thought, and then Lauren was over I and can was confirm. like, your dog sounds like my pigs. And I'm like, okay, so those are pig noises for right... But she's pretty quiet, but I was talking her up so she came over so I would pet her because she knows when she's being talked about. She's a really smart dog and she just doesn't get into things, which we're very fortunate about. Oh my god, these girls, they have gotten into like (laughs) our fridge, they know how to open up all cabinets. So we Mm. had to put a lock on our fridge, put child locks on the cabinets. Like they're just too damn smart. So, too smart, yeah. Your pigs or something. I remember that. I think I can't remember what it was, but I remember you invited me to something and you're like, the pigs got into the fridge and they're pooping everywhere. So uh-huh. Nick's not coming. And I was like, okay, cool. Oh, I think that was like your engagement party that or something. It was my engagement party. I was like, here's the deal. <laughs> we had a crisis at home. There was a pig related crisis. Yeah. Oh, Pets God. are interesting. They are. All right. Well, any other pressing questions? 
Yeah. Is there, like, any episodes that you really want to do in the next year or like podcast goals that we should throw out there i would like to do an episode about catfishing Ooh, i like that that's about yeah yeah Yeah. i am obsessed with that show but yeah it's really interesting how about you i would like to do a show on um I don't know why I'm blanking. On uh, disassociative identity disorder mm. and how that happens. Um, and media misrepresentation. I liked our stigma busting media misrepresentation yep. episode arc we had. So I would like to continue that. Um, I would also like to potentially monetize the podcast this year. Yes, um, that'd be that nice. would be good. I know. I think we're just hitting the point where we have enough downloads that we might be able to. So. I know ads are annoying, guys, but we might get some in the future, which means that Lauren and I will make money off of this podcast, which means that we will be more able to bring you more episodes. So it is a good thing for us. We've been doing this. I think we're finally again at the point where we are, you guys collectively via Patreon are nice enough to cover our hosting fees now. So you're amazing. Which we really appreciate. So we got that going. So I think we would like to me not that this is a huge money making not that i think we're gonna get like my favorite murder last no. podcast on the left right and like retire off of this podcast but i think but if making we could cover like our starbucks that would be nice yeah right <laughs> like the coffee that it takes for each episode the <laughs> coffee costs alone guys we have problems um so yeah i mean hopefully we can monetize a bit and just get a little bit off of that which would ease up some more time for the podcast, which would be good. Um, so, yeah. Any any other thoughts before we just plug all our stuff? Uh, do you have any good shit? Good shit. Um, I had something. I do want to say a shout out to, ooh, what was her name? Who talked about looking up the slices yes so we had somebody reach out to us so cake scraps in a sad box which was my good shit last time it's in canada the bakery is in canada and we had a listener who looked it up which was great because tiffany tiffany thank you tiffany she's from windsor ontario Windsor, Ontario. Tiffany, thank you so much for looking that up for us, um, because I should have done that beforehand, but I couldn't find my screenshot explaining it, so thank you for looking it up. So that bakery is in Canada. Um, so big shout out to her. I think just like... I mean, I guess the good shit that I've got is on a very personal level. It is my husband's birthday in a couple days. Yay, happy birthday, Um, Tim. Happy birthday to Tim. So that's exciting. My love language is giving gifts. So I tend to, I'm like a gift and experience. I'm like, I, I always go way too big for his birthday and every gift giving occasion and he always tells me that I don't need to go so big and I'm like well this is who I am as a person so you're just gonna keep getting it so I am 
obviously he he's in my home right now, so I'm not gonna spoil what yeah, I got don't him do on that. the podcast. But I'm very excited. I got some sweet, cheesy, romantic stuff that I'm very excited about. So Aww. like a very I like cheesy romance, like over the top, like sweet sentimental gifts. So I've I've been working on things which I'm very excited about, and I love him so much. So I'm excited for his birthday, and to spoil him. Because he's pretty great. So just the good stuff is my husband. I got a good one. You do. I do. You do too. I know. You're so good. He's a good, he's a good one. Uh, <laughs> good shit. Um, trying to think. Uh, I had gotten a really nice email from one of my students. Oh. Who said that um, they really like being in my class and that they find it helpful that I try to bring in like guest speakers to like um help them see like different like possible careers like in the field and that she was like really nervous to switch over to being like a psych major um and that she's happy that she did and I was just like oh my god thank you that is so sweet I know because it's like the same thing where I'm just like I don't know if this is like I don't know like how I'm doing so yeah no I actually have a um I got an email from a client just expressing like how much they appreciate me and how much I'm helping them and that's nice um because not a requirement but it doesn't happen a ton so it is really nice when people like tell you that you're helping because it's absolutely cool now i know for sure where you're like i kind of figure i must be if you keep coming back but it's good to hear like yeah i look forward to our sessions or you helped me in this way and i'm noticing progress like it's just good to hear that feedback oh yeah where it's like i appreciate this one thing and it was like oh so cool. nice yeah it's yeah. good so yeah right. let's right. plug our well, shit so let's plug our shit we have a patreon if you guys like us and want us to keep doing the podcast and have an extra dollar per month to spare that you are willing to give to us we would appreciate it so if you yes. go to our patreon you can give us more than that maybe maybe one day we'll have like a one-time donation link for people who feel like giving us money but don't want to sign up for patreon yeah uh, i mean you if, could sign up and then cancel after one month. yeah you can sign up and cancel we'll take it we're not that particular guys no. um but yeah it's so a patreon spooky psychology i think is just what our patreon yeah. is we will click that link below you can follow our Facebook page, Spooky Psychology St. Charles, um, and my Instagram, which I'm just going to throw it out there that I am not on social media right now, so forgive the lack of posts on my Instagram. I will be coming back onto social media approximately a couple of weeks to a month after the United States presidential election Same. occurs. Um, I'm taking a bit of a break there, so I will do more content um, but that is Megan Baker LCSW on Instagram, and Lauren's Instagram is Lauren. I think it's Lauren Malika, M O L L I C A L M F T. I think it's Lauren underscore underscore Malika. Malika. Okay. Then that's what it is. Yeah. And uh, no, speaking of politics i guess we'll just throw it out there if you're a u.s citizen and are eligible to vote please go vote during this election 
We're not going to tell you who to vote for, but if y'all, like, in our last presidential election, 44% of eligible voters did not vote. So, like, we need to get on that this year. We need to, we need to get it together because it's always, like, half of people don't actually vote, so. Right. So if you could do that, we would love that. Okay. Well, thank you guys for getting spooky today, and we'll see you next time. Bye.